I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, we are driving to Brazil to talk with Kiko. Kiko is an educator, polyglot, and highly successful content creator. I stumbled upon Kiko's Instagram profile, where I was mesmerized by his remarkable language skills and great videos. I'm excited to have Kiko here to share his story and insights on language learning with us. Kiko, bem-vindo, or welcome to the island. <laughs> Gracias, danke, merci, thank you, obrigado, grazie. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Lucia. Of course. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, and it's a great honor as well. Likewise, Kiko, I was counting the days or the hours to speak with you. <laughs> I'm curious to know, what languages do you speak and how did you go about learning them? I speak Spanish, English, Portuguese, French, German, Italian, a little bit, not very well. And I got lost already. Six. It's, it's a total of seven, uh, six. Okay, yeah, in Catalan. Catalan Valencian, that's a regional language from Spain. Do you think you are still able to learn more languages? Uh, yeah, it can be done with time and the proper techniques. Languages can be learned, you know, usually faster than people think. Not as fast as some people say on the internet. You know, this fluency in six months thing is usually not attainable. That's that's usually a, a, a scammy way <laughs> of promoting language learning. You could you could attain fluency really fast. Six months is a bit, a bit maybe too much, but maybe if you travel to the country, you could you could do that. But that's that's a little bit too fast. But yeah, I I could learn more languages. Why not? the The fact is that I'm actually fluent in six of them. You know, it's not not that I speak them, but I'm fluent in six of the seven languages I speak, and I learned all the languages through the same basic method i would say you could you could call it and it's it's the famous immersion you know it's what we in language learning call immersion you know that's the really that's really the only way to attain fluency in a reasonable in a reasonable time span and it's uh it's the most effective way to learn it's the most effective way to learn and that's how I learned all the languages I speak, through immersion. Whether I traveled to the country or I just put some podcasts or I watched series or movies or whatever, but it was always through immersion. It was always through immersion that I learned languages. That doesn't mean that I never did some grammar exercises or stuff like that, because I did. That was never the task in which I spent most of the time. Like in, in many of the languages, I never even made a single grammar exercise or a single activity. Like in Portuguese, I've never ever opened an activity book in Portuguese and done a single exercise. It can help. But the main source of language acquisition is definitely getting exposition, getting exposed to the linguistic code, to the language as much as possible for as long as possible. And usually the best way to do that is 
watching series, listening to music, listening to podcasts. Because if you're not getting entertained with the content that you're engaging with, then you're never actually going to do a real immersion, you know, because immersion needs, you know, quote unquote time. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to dedicate, that you have to invest extra time on it. Like you can listen to a podcast while you're cleaning your house, while you're washing your dishes. So it's not extra time that you're investing, right? This is the success of podcasts, if you think about it, because we can listen to podcasts while we do other stuff. So you can learn languages in the same way. So yes, I could learn more languages, definitely. No, no, no problem. I could do that if I had time. I, I, I would like even to learn Chinese and Arab and whatever. I just don't have time for that, you know. Like, wow. Yeah, the entrepreneurial life doesn't doesn't leave you much time left to, you know, yeah, do other stuff. Yeah. And Kiko, I agree completely with everything you said. Uh, we need to immerse the mm-hmm. language and learn about the new country's culture and many other things. I mm-hmm. lived in Germany for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I arrived there, I couldn't say Guten Tag, which means good, mm-hmm. good morning. And mm-hmm. I uh, enrolled in a German course where... Like a language academy? Yeah. Yes, where I studied from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. every day for six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after six months, I could understand the quiet of some... Yeah expression yeah. and words and i felt yeah. that i was a baby learning how to speak you know was yeah like... totally that's how you feel that's how i feel german is objectively very difficult it's mm. a it's a it's a difficult language the grammatical structures are really difficult the fact that it has cases like accusative and dative or dative i don't even know how to how you would say that in english that complicates things a lot right because you need to quote unquote up conjugate adjectives and and articles and and, and everything right everything. Like in, english, in english you have like a single definite uh, definite article determined article which is the and the is plural is singular it's plural it's masculine it's feminine in german you have 12 different thes because you have masculine you have feminine you have neutral and you have plural Thank God there is only one plural. There is not masculine and feminine plural. Thank God. Because you know, Thank God. If, if, yeah. if not, it will be even, even worse. But then you have four cases. You have nominative, accusative, dative, and genitive. So, so in total, you have 12, you know, de- definite or determined articles. Whereas English has only one and Spanish has only four. So yes, it's an objectively, objectively different, difficult language. Pronunciation is quite difficult. And that's why, you know, people freak out. And that's why it's so famous on the internet, you know, this this meme of making German sound difficult and be difficult. It doesn't actually sound how people think it sounds sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more like the meme on the internet when I play the, the German character or the Germany character. Uh, in my channel, I usually exaggerate the way Germany pronounces things and stuff like that. It's, it, it's funny to hear it like that, but it is objective, objectively difficult. It is a complex language, right? It is really complex. The way they build new words, combining other words, and they make like super long words with like 30 letters and stuff. Is really yeah, difficult. they separate the verb. Oh yeah, they separate the verb system. But it's also like, it's also very special and it's great to speak German. The fact that it's something is difficult once you make it possible and you make it happen, you feel so great, right? That's why when you learn German, you, it really makes you feel great. And it, it is special for Germans as well because not everybody, not every foreigner gets to, to speak German. So usually Germans regard this as something very, you know, special when you speak their mother tongue. They love that, right? They love to hear foreigners speaking German. So yeah, there's a lot of special things around learning German. I really encourage people to do to, to learn German if, if that's what they really want, but they have to know that it's not going to be an easy task, right? And Kiko, yes. 
I saw many of your videos and I have to tell you that your Portuguese is pretty good. Well, I've been I've been living here for a while. I've been in Brazil for a while, so I better be good at it already, right? Mm -hmm. I've been here for like, oh my God, I've already lost count of that. I arrived here, first time I landed in Brazil was 2010. Okay. And I came and went for a couple of years. I spent six months in Europe or in the United States and then came back to Brazil. And then I kind of settled here in 2013, 14. So yeah, coming and going, it's already 13 years. 13. Yeah. And it's also very similar to other languages I already spoke fluently, like Spanish and, and French, because it's a Neo-Latin language or a Romance language, as some people like to call it. So it wasn't too difficult to acquire Portuguese, although it wasn't as easy as some people think, because Portuguese is a reasonably difficult language, right? And it looks very similar to Spanish on paper, literally on paper. <laughs> oh, but then only on paper, but then the pronunciation is so different, right? It's like at the beginning, you're like freaking out, like, how is it even possible? that I look at these languages on paper, I understand everything. Even if I don't know any Portuguese or I don't know any Spanish, but I'm fluent in the other language, I, I will understand whatever is written in written words because the words are almost the same. It's like 80% cognates maybe, but then the pronunciation is so different. I know how to imitate the Portuguese accent as you might've seen, mm -hmm. right? And Portuguese from Portugal is also very different to Spanish on how it sounds. In fact, there is a meme on the internet that says, <laughs> you can't convince me that Portuguese people are not Russians trying to speak Spanish. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> because it kind of sounds like a little bit, right? Like Portuguese people. So it does really sound a little bit like this Russian thing. It doesn't sound anything like Spanish. Absolutely not. It sounds no. totally different to Spanish, although it's written exactly the same almost. And then Brazilian Portuguese is very different to Portuguese from Portugal. Extremely different. Many people don't know this, but guys, even Brazilians have difficulty understanding Portuguese native speakers. A similar thing happens between Spanish and Portuguese as well. It's it's the pronunciation, right? It's the pronunciation that is so different. Like Brazilians, for example, something that confused me a lot at the beginning mm -hmm. was this. The T-E and the D-E at the end of words. That is nothing like Spanish. Nothing like Spanish. No. In Spain is, for example, the same word in Spanish and in Portuguese. Realmente, like the word really in English and Spanish is Realmente, Latin Americans would say something like realmente or realmente, something more like that. Mexicans would say realmente, right? But how is that? How does that sound in Brazilian Portuguese? It's realmente. So yeah, I was one of these people who came to Brazil <laughs> and I didn't speak a word. And I was confident because I was already totally fluent in Spanish. So I said, why would I have a problem? You know, I'm going to adapt to that. You know, I, I, I went to live in France and I didn't speak a word French and I adapted. You know, it took me a while, but I adapted. But then I arrived in Brazil and I remember landing in Salvador. Salvador was the first city I landed on. And when I went to, you know, I, I went out of the, not, not literally out of the airport, but I went out of the terminal to go look for a bus to go to my hostel that I had reserved. And I wasn't able to understand anything of what people were saying. And suddenly I was like, oh my God, I am totally crazy. I came to this country that is so dangerous, you know, because Brazil is, you know, you have this, when you arrive, you're, you're a little bit like paranoid. What, what, not when you arrive, we're always a little bit paranoid here, right? Like I'm, getting, I'm gonna get assaulted because it's so dangerous and stuff. And then not, not knowing the language, you feel very vulnerable, right? Yeah. So I wasn't prepared for that. It was a total shock. I was suddenly like, I was asking people uh, for the bus stop and I couldn't understand anything. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? How am I so crazy? I just landed on this country and I can't even, I can I can understand anything. I can even get to the bus stop. I'm totally crazy. What have I done? 
I'm going to get into trouble. And I was like really stressed out for the first day or, or two until I calmed down. But yeah, there's a lesson right there, guys. If you want to travel to a country, even if you feel confident that no, it's going to be the same. No, 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 no. You better learn something before you go there. Yes, yes. It's going to save you a lot of stress. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Completely. And I actually, I just want to tell you that first, your videos are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy the ones where you take on the roles of different countries, personifying uh, yeah. their characteristics. And yeah. <laughs> So, like, it caught my attention. Your portrayal of Germany is particularly captivating. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I, I know people love the Germany character. Because considering it's known as one of the most challenging languages to learn, as we were talking, I just think that you are so creative. And I would like you could share with our listeners what inspired you to start creating these unique and entertaining videos? It's a, it's a really long story, right? Because I started learning languages, uh, some of them being reasonably reasonably young. Uh, and I, I traveled a lot around Europe and other countries, the United States, the North of Africa, here, Brazil, Latin America, and so on. So I was highly exposed to different accents in different languages, because it's not just the languages, it's the accents in the languages, right? And I also worked in, and I traveled to Ibiza a million times, which you probably know. And because I am where I am from, which you, which you know, you know, I don't want to say that because it's, it's part of the whole, you know, <laughs> it's part of the whole strategy, people not knowing where I'm really from. Um, I, I spent a lot of time in very touristic places, you know, a lot of time in my life in very touristic places, talking to people from all over the world, speaking languages that they, that are not their native languages, Right. Their native languages, and I would, for example, talk to people in Ibiza, like British people, and I would usually talk to them, you know, in British English and whatever, but sometimes we would switch to whatever, to Spanish, or if they spoke French, we would switch to French. If I talked to, and usually, usually foreigners, when they're in Ibiza, they, they try to practice their Spanish and so on, so they try to talk Spanish to people and so on. So yeah, that was my immersion in accents, if you think about it. Like I had a huge exposure to foreign foreigners talking foreign languages, right? I had a huge exposure to that. And then I was one of these kids that started on YouTube very early, like watching on the internet very early, 1999, the 2000s. And because I already spoke a couple of languages when I was 16, 17 years old, I already started consuming a lot of YouTube videos in English and German and French and whatever. So I made a lot of immersion there too. So I was highly exposed to many languages, you know, and to many accents. And I started being able to reproduce them, right? Especially because if you master two languages then you are able somehow magically to combine the accents of both languages in order to imitate someone that is learning one of them like an example if i know a little bit of italian or if i speak italian and i speak english i would be able to do a combination of both mm-hmm. how would an italian guy speak english so i would try to imitate the italian musical patterns on english and try to focus on the kind of things that Italian and the sounds that Italian people would make. You've seen my Italian character. 
For example, Italian people speak English a bit like this, you know, because they do this Italian singing when they are speaking English, <laughs> right? They kind of do that. They kind of do that. And so uh, because I mastered a few languages and I had a lot of exposure to accents, I suddenly started mastering accent imitation. Okay. It was, it was like a consequence of being fluent in several languages and being exposed to the code and so on. And all this started imitating, like trying to impersonate people, usually in parties, festivals, in places where, you know, where you you would be a little bit like drunk or something. And then you would be like very playful. And I would let my, you know, my, this, my creative accent thing, you know, friends of mine would kind of, um, tell me, hey, Kiko, why don't you do the Italian guy today? And we tell everybody at the party that you're Italian and we introduce you as being Italian. <laughs> and I would kind of spend an entire party, two hours, three hours, four hours, talking to everyone as <laughs> if I was an Italian guy speaking Spanish, you know? So I would practice like that. And then another day it would be the Russian guy, like, hey, today you're going to be the Russian guy. But we're going to introduce you as being a Russian guy. And I would be like, yeah, well, my friends, I'm here in Spain and I'm enjoying this place a lot. I love Ibiza. Me gusta mucho Ibiza, amigos. Me encanta. So I would, I would just, just practicing it. And people would actually believe I was Russian or I was, I was Italian because, I, you know, I, I couldn't really do the accents quite well. So I started practicing like that, practicing like that. And then I kind of acquired this ability to do that. Right, I acquired the ability to imitate accents in different languages. Like I, I can imitate quite credibly around twenty to twenty-five accents. No, I can totally try. If you want, I can switch. I can right now. I can switch to Indian like this, just out of the blue. <laughs> and then, if you want, uh, I can uh, continue in French. Uh, for example, this is how French people uh, speak. Uh, English with their particular uh, French accent, uh, he, and this and this is how Mexicans uh, speak English. Sabes, uh, Mexican people um, they they do the the particular accent when they are speaking English. For example, Argentinian people they speak English like this. You know, not everybody, of course, because there are Argentinians that don't have don't have this accent, but when the Argentinian people have their particular accent when they're speaking a language, they do this, right? <laughs> so that's what I would that's what I would learn to do. And I had a little language academy in Rio mm-hmm. and suddenly the pandemic hit, as you know, I had to close my language academy. And I said, okay, I'm going to take it to the internet. I'm going to start my advertising my work on the internet because it's what we had to do, right? Like we didn't either that or we or we let the business just fail, go bankrupt. And I said, okay, I'm going to take it to the internet. And I said, I'm going to I'm going to just, you know do do lessons and stuff like teach people English and so on. But I'm going to start imitating the accents as well because I know I can do that. You know, I can do that. And I saw other people growing huge followings doing that. You know. Uh, so I said, I can, I can totally do that. I can, in some cases I saw them and I thought I can do those accents better. So that's what, you know, pushed me to do it, you know, because when you go out to social media, you have this, the first, this is what, this is the the huge barrier for everyone. And if you're listening and you're thinking about starting your social media profile or whatever, whoever's listening at, at us at home, I know you have to go through this first months and first weeks and you have to be strong and you have to think you 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 don't have to think about the haters and about the people that will try to put you down and about the people that will say oh that this piece of content was was rubbish or oh you can't imitate those accents or ah oh, you won't oh this content is you know you have to try to get over that and get over the feeling of feeling judged by other people which is really strong right because at some point you decide you're going to take to social media and you are going to expose yourself in a massive way. Who knows in a really massive way, just what happened to me, right? Like 3 million followers in a year and a half. So 
usually that's what blocks people very strongly. And something that gave me confidence was that I was observing other people and I was starting to feel confident in a way where I said, you know, I, can, I think I can do some of the accents better than some of these people, for example. Okay, this guy can imitate the French accent better than me, but I think I can do the Italian accent better than him. So why wouldn't I attract the attention of people if I can do that? So I started questioning that to myself and I said, okay, let's do this and let's not give an F about what yeah. haters might think and about the critics or whatever. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to do my best. And that's what it, that's what I, I have to, you know, this is what I have to do. So I was kind of forced by the pandemic to, to mm. do it because I had thought about that previously and so on, but nothing had forced me to do it. You know, so I was like, yeah, one day I might start a YouTube channel and imitate the accents. And yeah, but I don't have time and so on. And you kind of start building those excuses in your mind. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the pandemic literally forced me to do it. Like either you do this or you go bankrupt. You choose. And so I said, okay, let's just do this. Let's do this. And it just happens. You know, this great TikTok feature where you can... This helped a lot, right? This was very revolutionary. The, the, the technology that TikTok brought of being able to do these very special filters, this was something very new. It didn't, this didn't exist at the time. If you think about it, those, the filters, the green screen filters that TikTok brought, democratized, were amazing. This is how the maps happened. The maps couldn't have happened on YouTube or elsewhere because the technology was not ready. The technology was just not there. To have a green screen that only that like blocks your entire face except your mouth and your eyes, this would have cost a ton of money if you had tried to do that before the TikTok app, TikTok app existed. So it was like just, it was like a magical moment. It just had to happen. You know, I was forced to do that. I had acquired this ability for time and time. I was already a teacher for a long time as well. So I was, you know, I was, I was feeling kind of, you know, sure of what I was going to do. I also had a lot to teach to people. I had a lot to show to people. And then the, the pandemic and TikTok happened, you know? So it was like this moment in history where the stars aligned at a certain point. And, and they aligned really strongly. I, I never expected that kind of response. I never expected that. When I started going viral, like crazy viral, I lived literally months on end on a continuous rush of adrenaline. That was, it was only crazy because I, like you've seen my, you might've seen my videos on TikTok, like it's 10 million views, 20 million views, 15 million views, 30 million views, 25 million views, 18 million views, right? Incredible. On Instagram, how many followers do you I don't have, have many followers. I, I never opened a, an Instagram account at the beginning, which was a huge mistake. It was a huge mistake. Because I was already trying to deal with my business uh, op operations. Uh, I started I started launching campaigns on the internet to take customers in. There was a lot of engagement on social media during the pandemic. People consumed tons of content and tons of hours in social media. Like the amount of time people spend during the pandemic on social media equals like four or five years of social media consumption. So many of us had a growth of four or five years in just one year. This this really happened. So I, I wasn't able to deal with everything I had to do. And I didn't launch an Instagram account until much later. So on Instagram, I only have like 45,000 followers. But yeah, on TikTok, this crazy thing happened. Like I suddenly became one of the biggest polyglots and languages in teachers in the world on, on, on TikTok. So yeah, this is how this, all this story happened. This is how this, the whole story happened. Crazy. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I really like the original formula you found to 
introduce new words in a, uh, a yeah. very engaging and humorous way because the uh -huh. way the, the the countries talk to yeah. each other and yeah. poor Germany that is always the one that is the most expected the moment. What is Germany going to say? How is Germany going to say hospital? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Not only Germany, but also Greece. Because Greek is like really different as well. Like it's really, yeah, yeah. Italian is so cute. <laughs> the Italian character is so cute, right? Yes. Yeah. The British, the British character and the American character are also really cute. They're they're all they're all cute in their way. Yeah. If you think about it, they have their their whole personalities. Like the UK is very is very British in a way. It's very you know yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? What are you saying? Oh, no, 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 no. British people don't have feelings. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, this. it's a little bit like cliché. What, you know, what what, what the cliché uh, repre yeah. would represent or I don't know, whatever role they, they play. They, they also change sometimes. Their roles change a little bit, but yeah. And you know, I uh, love when Brazil is talking. Brazilians have a very unique and particular way of expressing themselves it's it's part of the culture brazilians are just creative souls and funny and sociable so you know this all has brought a development of the language that fits that has to fit into the culture right so because in the end language in, ends up adapting to culture so language in the end it, tends to reflect the culture, right? And so Brazilians are so sociable and they're so playful and stuff, but their language is just like that, you know? There is always a funny, awesome, different, very creative way of trying to put something in a way that you, yeah, in a way that you're like joking. I, I have a whole like analysis of why, why this happens. This is something very Brazilian. I'm going to put an example so that people mm -hmm. understand, the people that are listening at home. Brazilians, for example, cariocas, especially cariocas, but Brazilians have very unique ways of saying no. Brazilians would just try anything but to say no. They never want to say no. So there's a whole myriad of expressions and ways to make someone understand that you might not, that probably not, that you're probably not going to attend, that you might not go, that's maybe not possible, but you don't want to say, that you don't want to say like a straightforward no, right? And there's a lot of memes around that. There's a million memes around that. You've probably seen a lot of them on the internet. We gringos living here in Brazil, we do them a lot because, you know, it's there's a lot of unique ways of... of and I have come to understand why this happens. This is actually a reflection of culture because life in Brazil is, this is my take on it, okay? That it might be true or not, but I think I, I have understood this. And it's an interesting take because it's a take from someone that looks at the culture from inside and outside, okay? Because mm -hmm. I look at Brazilian culture from inside and outside. I have the ability to look at it from the inside because I'm here. I've been living here for 10 years and I perfectly understand Brazilian culture. Uh, and I perfectly operate in Brazilian cultural terms with Brazilian people. And I can explain what that means later. But I also, I am also able to look at it from the perspective of someone that is from outside, right? So there is something really interesting that I have come to understand about the way Brazilians express themselves and, and they say things. For example, in this example of not, not wanting to say no, not being able to, to straight away say no. Brazil is a really difficult country. It is very difficult to, to live here. It is extremely challenging. Life in Brazil is extremely challenging. You know that very well. We all know that. Like being Brazilian, living in Brazil, we don't really live here. We survive, you know? And it's a continuous challenge every day. And we go an extra mile, not to sound rude to people, not to, we try, we stretch things as much as possible in order to avoid sounding rude or especially 
not making people feel that we are not there for them. You know, it's what we say here, fortalecer, which is like strengthen other people. So if someone invites you to their party, if someone asks you for a favor, if someone expects you to be there at a certain moment of their life and they invite you and they ask you for help and how are you going to say no? How could you? Right? How would you? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So do you feel the same way? Do you, do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Totally. totally. Like we, we rely so much on each other here. It's like a friendship here is goes what well, goes beyond because a friendship here can like literally save you from misery in in many occasions family can save you from misery in many occasions that that's something gringos don't understand because sometimes sometimes come here to brazil and they criticize brazilian oh these brazilians are so familiar they like to live beside their mother like how can you be 45 years old and live beside your mother well bro if you suddenly have a crash on electricity a blackout of 10 days, 10 days. If you live close to your mother and your mother doesn't, isn't affected by the blackout somehow, you can continue, you know, moving on with your life. If suddenly you have like a water blackout, I don't know how that is said in English right now because that doesn't happen very often in, in the US or in Britain, but if you literally have no water on the tap in your house for five days, 10 days, 15 days, if you haven't built a strong community around you, if you don't have your family or your friends close to you, what are you going to do? You have no water. So that's why friendship here and relationships are regarded in a different way. And that's why we adapt communication and culture. You know, that's why, that's why we have the culture that we have here. And that's why we adapt communication to it. A friend has a party. It's his, it's his whatever, his graduation party. And he's maybe the first one in his family to graduate. Because there is also this, you know, Brazilians don't get to celebrate, uh, you know, they don't get to, you know, a celebration here is is is, is a much bigger event because usually you don't have money, usually you don't have whatever it takes to celebrate, you know. So somebody invites you to their graduation party and, you know, it's two hours and a half away because the city is huge and you don't know if you're going to be able to go. But what are you going to say? You're going to say, no, man. I'm really busy those days. How does that sound? It doesn't it doesn't sound well to tell someone that here in Brazil does it. Mm -hmm. And this is why we just Brazilians have become creative in a way to always leave things open. And then there's a, a very interesting second factor there which I have discovered. <laughs> and the second factor is first first of all, you don't want to say no to people right away because you want to be there for them. You know, you want to be there for them and you want to make an effort. And even if you think that you might not be able to go, you want to leave a door open because you want to make an effort to be there. That's the first thing, because you know how important it is for them. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, you never really know. You might be thinking, oh, well, I can't go because I have an exam on that day. So I'm not going to be able to go. But who knows? There's going to be a flood that is going to flood my university and my exam is not going to happen. <laughs> so I might be able to go, you know, I might be finally be able to go to your birthday party. So I, I, I guess I won't be able to go because I have an exam, but who knows? So everything is so unexpected that in that case, we adapt language to culture. We have very special ways to leaving a door open and not saying, clearly and straight away no because we don't know and how how usually people say no in brazil i'll have a look at that later okay we can we can look at that later we can talk about that later we can look at that later which is okay you got you coming to my birthday party it's on the whatever my graduation party i would really love you to be there and so on okay we, we will see that later 
I have a surprise for you. I invited Ooh. someone from Italy to speak with you. I am also Italian. Is someone, somebody Italian here? Ciao, hey. piacere. <laughs> nice oh, to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I like your Italian accent. You sound like Lucia when she speaks Italian. Like a soap opera. <laughs> I sound like any any Italian that is learning English or, or Spanish because. Yeah. Did she show you the audio that I sent her, the voice memo that I sent her? Yeah, los yeah, italianos, of course, of course, los, yeah. Los italianos hablan español así, españolos. Ellos hablan español de esta forma. Yeah, that's that's the way I speak Spanish, in fact. <laughs> really? <laughs> really where, where, where are you from in Italy? I'm from Milano. I'm from the north. Milano, yeah. nice. Yeah, I've been to Milan. Yeah. And I really think nice Italian... Italian is one of my favorite languages because I think it's so romantic. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. The, the musicality in it is really special. Yes. Yeah. The food, like you said, pizza sounds so good. As good as yeah. it uh, tastes. Taste. <laughs> <See>. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Basically, your Italian is very good. It's approved by. It's approved. <laughs> approved. Yeah, yeah. It, it goes to the mind. I, I don't. I don't speak Italian very well. Okay, I have to say, Italian is the language I speak the worst. I would say I'm. I'm only. I'm only a basic Italian speaker. I don't speak Italian very well. I can do the accent quite well. Yeah, you <laughs> get the cadence very well. Exactly. Yeah. It yeah. sounds Really, especially from the south, there is a much more. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, which has the singing songiness. Yeah, the singing song yeah, is, 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 is even stronger, right? right musicality right, right. is even stronger. Yeah, I can yeah. even speak Italian without speaking Italian. This is something I, like I learned to do in languages. Like, listen to this. Partiendo del partero, barato. You know, that's that's how they do uh, yeah, it. Exactly, it's just the cadence, and you can recognize it. Yeah. Exactly, it's the cadence, yeah. and that, that's if you're listening to us at home. That's a really funny exercise when you're learning a yeah. language try yeah. to imitate them even if you don't yeah. know what you're saying just try to imitate the musicality behind that so that it gets into you you know that's a really good you know tip to to be able to to get the accents and, and learn them better and understand them better and be able to to do them better yeah but definitely yeah. like Lucia said like it's it, Italian musicality is very special I think everybody recognizes recognizes this throughout the world Right, people throughout the world recognize that Italian has a very special musicality, is yeah, very is. special music. To... I really like uh, Portuguese though uh, in Rio, and actually yes. one of the word that is really that struck me the first time that I heard it is Chitaniki. Chitaniki. <laughs> I, 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 we we were at the theater. I mean, I, I was uh, at the beginning. I was not uh, understanding uh, very much, and, and, and Lucia was translating for me. And then somebody said Chitaniki, and I I didn't understand what it was, and it's Titanic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's what you were saying before, no? The the T is a chi. Exactly, the T is a chi. Yeah, exactly. And then this this other thing that you brought is very Brazilian too. Like they can't pronounce a consonant at the end of a word. They right. just have to put an e, an yeah. e behind yeah. it, like Facebooki. Yes. Yeah, they exactly. Facebooki. Yeah. Yeah. No chi, no chibuki. Uh, yeah, it's that's really funny. I, I'm sure most people that were listening to us at home when you said Chitaniki, they couldn't recognize the word at all. It, 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 it sounds different language. It sounds Chinese or something. It different. sounds like a different language. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, it's really funny. It's well, really, it's really funny. cool. I, I like Portuguese. Yeah. yeah. And speaking about Portuguese, the way Brazilian Portuguese sounds is also so charming and so yes. special. It is. And so and it has such special music as well. Yes. Yeah. I I Brazilian Portuguese is definitely it's me and my sister's favorite language. My sister is also a polyglot. She, she also mm. she also speaks like a, a couple of languages, and she also loves the way Brazilian Portuguese sounds. Like, <laughs> right? This is like how it would sound without saying anything, right? Yes, uh, yes. Just the T's and the Inos at the end, like Yeah, it's very it's very cute, right? It's it's the cutest. It's the cutest language, I would say. Brazilian Portuguese is, is, is the cutest language I know, yes. at least. Yeah. The, the, the one in Rio, I mean, the, which is different uh, yeah, in uh, yeah, in in the north, uh, east, uh, and in Sao Paulo is a little bit different. But the one in Rio, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the the one in the northeast also sounds very musical and very cute. I, yeah, that's true. That's true. To, to me, it's, 
Yeah, in the south it sounds quite different, but in the in the northeast it's also ay pechino, <laughs> That's how Bayanos speak. Like Bayanos actually speak that. Okay, Kiyo. <laughs> yeah, they, they do that. It's really, yeah, I love it. It's, he knows everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, you're really good. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Bye. Nice, nice to meet, nice to meet you. you. And Kiko, something very important. What advice would you give to individuals who aspire to become polyglots or improve their languages skills yeah that's what i it's what i always said and what we talked about before immersion immersion is the word and if you want to separate communication and immersion although communication can be considered immersion as well if if you go if you take to the internet if you find a course that provides you immersion that's the first the first thing you can do. Or if you just take to the internet and engage with content in the language, you will be successful. The road to success in fluency is immersion. And in order to be able to do a proper immersion, you have to engage with the content. So you have to find content that is suited for your level and for your personal tastes. Right. If you like music or if you like rock music, then find Brazilian rock music. You want, let's let's say you want to learn Brazilian Portuguese. Find Brazilian rock music. Find Brazilian movies. Listen to them. Watch them first with, of course, the original version always with subtitles in your mother language first. And if you can't find a course that provides immersion, that's that's fantastic. I I provide immersion to my students. That's one of the, pillars of my course is providing them with content that they can understand and they want to engage with even if they are basics or elementary students even if they are beginners you know and this is one of the great successes of what I'm building which is I am giving beginners the ability to do immersion because the great objection to immersion is always, oh, but I don't understand anything because I'm a beginner. So I take to YouTube and I don't understand anything. Okay, I understand that. So my big task as a language provider is providing beginners with an immersion that they can understand so that you break this barrier at the beginning and then they can become independent learners and take to the internet and find the content that they most love. You know, that's what you have to do. But if you don't have money, for example, to pay for a course at the beginning, and you just want to try and see if you like the language, you go to Netflix, you go to YouTube, and you put series, you find series in the original version of those countries, movies, videos, whatever you're interested in. If you're a programmer, just find a Brazilian programmer and listen to them speaking about programming in Portuguese. If you like marketing and you want to learn French, just find marketing channels in French on YouTube and then sit down, put them on and read the subtitles in your mother language. That's, that's the way you go about it. And of course, find some materials on the internet and try to do some activities and everything. It will help you. But language acquisition is more about immersion than anything else. This is how everybody here learned their mother tongues. Nobody here uh, had to do tons of activities to become fluent in their mother tongue, right? How did it work? It worked through immersion. And then activities and all of the rest of the things are complementary. There is something that are gonna help you to improve your writing. They're gonna help you improve because you're going to understand grammatical patterns better, but the focus is immersion. And that means that 80% of your time when you're learning a new language has to be spent on immersion. 80% of your time is spent on immersion, 20% of the time is spent on the rest, whatever it is, right? That's how you usually do it. And because some language academies and some whoever teachers have been inverting the process, they've been giving you 80% theoretical grammar and only 20% engagement with the language, then people have become obsessed with grammar, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And when you become obsessed with grammar, this has a very 
so to speak, toxic effect on your language learning because you start, instead of letting the language flow and acquiring a language in a more natural way, which is engaging with it, you start trying to, you, you try to think about rules all the time. You want to say something and you want to apply a rule as you speak, and that will never work because your brain can't think about rules at the same speed that you build sentences. That's the very famous, oh, I'm blocked. I can't speak. I understand things. But when I try to speak, I feel really blocked because you're usually thinking about rules. Instead of having acquired the language in a natural way by engaging with it and, and getting a lot of exposition to the linguistic code, you have been studying, studying theory, theory, theory. You know a lot about theory, but you can't speak. So yeah, it's the other way around. More immersion, more engaging with the language and so on, and less grammar. Grammar is always helpful. It's always good as well, but it has to represent 5%, 10% of your study time, okay? And 80% has to be immersion, maybe 10% writing, okay? And then the other 10% you can you can spend on, on grammar. That would be a much... That would be a formula that would help you to learn much faster and much more efficiently. Yeah. Fantastic. And I'm happy to know that you offer this immersion. And I yes. also want to tell you, Kiko, you are an excellent communicator. You're not only an you. educator. You are I, speak, I speak a lot. I speak a lot. <laughs> no, I love it because I speak a lot. So at least now... I'm relaxed. <laughs> I only listen to you. <laughs> yeah. so you don't have to be pushing for the conversation, right? No. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with everything you, you said. Of course, we need to, you know, there is this barrier that we have in the beginning. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how to speak. Just speak. Just try. Don't be ashamed. Yeah. Don't be shy because. You will only learn a language if you speak, because it's way easier to understand than to yeah. speak. So if you don't speak, you're not going to be fluent. This is yeah, you're, exactly. You're not taking an active part in in learning. But something that people also get wrong sometimes, which I have got this wrong as a teacher as well, is trying to force people to speak when they're not prepared for that. That is also something that can backfire because it can make people feel uncomfortable. That's why I say immersion is the first thing. Because when I, when I talk about immersion, I'm really actually thinking about absorbing content, right? Of course, communication is part of getting immersed in the language. But usually when I talk about immersion, I'm more thinking about exposing yourself to the language, even if you're not able to speak it yet. Because of course, at the beginning, you're not going to be able to speak it. That's the normal thing. But you have to get big exposure to the linguistic code. You have to listen to a lot of the language going through your ears until you can start saying your first sentences, right? So if you don't feel comfortable speaking, so okay, so don't force it. Okay, don't force it. But at the beginning, you have to acquire the language. In order, in order to be able to speak it, you have to acquire the language. And once you have done this immersion, you have been listening to a lot of stuff, watching a lot of videos and so on, you will naturally start wanting to say things. You will naturally start speaking to yourself and saying things around the house and the language and so on. And that is when you're prepared. That is when you want to, okay, I'm going to look for a language partner. I'm going to start engaging in conversation. And then it's just what, Lu what Lucia said. The next big step, the first big step is getting exposed to the language as much as possible. Once you start feeling that you want to say things, which, which is the thing, it mirrors a lot the language acquisition process of a baby, right? A baby just listens for like a year or two until he starts saying anything. But then at one point, he feels, feels like funny to say some words and he's very shy and he starts saying things. You will go through a very similar process when you acquire a second language. It's not exactly the same. We know today that it's not exactly the same, but it's really, really similar. So when you start feeling like you want to say something, then you have to go the extra step. And what is the extra step? The extra step is very psychological. It has a lot to do with psychology and mindset. And I don't want to sound like a coach, but this is true. Okay. 
if you feel judged, if you have a great fear of making mistakes, it's the fear of making mistakes what will block you. That's a huge factor of get, of of being blocked in a language and not being able to say anything because you fear being judged by other people and by what other people will think when you speak and say things wrong with a wrong pronunciation. You have to go, you have to overcome that. You have to overcome that. You have to be a grown up, okay? Let's put it that way. In a sense of, well, not a grown up. I think it's the opposite. You have, in fact, that's what we say usually. You have to remember how you did it when you were a kid. Kids don't feel afraid of being judged by others. People, kids will just say whatever and they don't care what other people think because they don't even have this, uh, this you know, social walking, yeah, pressure or whatever. So they will just say anything. They will just let it lose and they don't care if they're making mistakes. They don't even feel that that is something bad or anything, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to let your inner child you know, take it. That's why also everybody says, oh, when I'm drunk, I feel so confident and so comfortable to speak a foreign language. You've heard that, right? And this mm -hmm. has probably happened to you. Well, this is scientific. Did you know that there have been studies produced where they have proven scientifically that this is true? When people are under the influence of alcohol, they feel much more at ease to speak a foreign language. Why? Because they get this an inhibition process. I don't know how that is called. Inhibition. But the opposite. They don't feel the inhibition. So they just let it lose. They just they just let it lose, you know. And they so you start speaking much more, you know, much much more confidently. You don't have this fear of making mistakes because that's how you feel. You feel at ease, right? You feel mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's true. And Kiko, the most important question for you now is: Where can our listeners? find you online, find your course, and to engage more with you. You can find me on TikTok if you're from anywhere in the world and you speak a little bit of English. Then you can find me on TikTok at iFluent, which is spelled I-F-L-U-E-N-T, just like that, iFluent. And if you're Brazilian, uh, you can also find me there if you already speak a little bit of English because that channel is English exclusive, right? It's, it's in English. But then I have a special uh, channel for Brazilians uh, where I speak more Portuguese. I explain things in Portuguese as well. And when I have a special character of the Brazilian map, that's where the Brazilian map is a protagonist in the Brazilian channel. And that one is iFluent, the same way, I-F-L-U-E-N-T, dot Brazil spelled in English with a Z. So ifluent.brazil on Instagram, ifluent.brazil on TikTok. That's the Brazilian, that's the Brazilian channel. I'm sure people can find you easily. And for our listeners who are now listening to us, I want to tell you that we are going to feature Kiko in our magazine the relatable voice in July. So you'll be able to see his illustrations. Yeah, the illustrations we are talking about when you have the Brazilian map and the USA and England and Germany, all these countries talking with each other. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Grab your magazine for free at relatable-media.com. And Kiko, I feel as if I could stay here talking with you for the whole day. Thank you. Me too. Me too. It's always very interesting to share, you know, languages with other people, especially with other people that speak languages like you do. And especially you being Brazilian is, is, is much more engaging for us, right? The fact that you are Brazilian, but you live abroad. And the fact that I'm from abroad, but I live in Brazil, this creates a, a very huge connection, right? Like we can talk and talk and talk about tons of things that we both understand very well for hours and hours, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it was, it was great to be here. I believe that our listeners are very curious to know about your nationality, but maybe you have to find out. You have to. Yes. You'll have to find what, out, guys. You'll never know. You'll never know. Watch Kiko's video and... Try to guess. 
So, Kiko, <laughs> again, you are always welcome. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.